Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean Hawk. Welcome back to the Leadership Podcast. So excited that you join us each and every month. Be sure and pass on uh, the podcast, the links to your friends. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes as well. And uh, uh, be sure and check us out each month. It comes out right about the middle of the month. Hey, before we get into today's uh, topic, I want to share something cool that I have found. I don't know, some of you might use a lapel mic. I know a lot of guys use a handheld mic. I can't stand to have anything in my hands. And I know a lot of you have used the Countryman over-the-ear microphone. Those things have bugged the fire out of me for the last 10 plus years. It's either pinching too tight, it's too loose, and then my microphone's going off and it's just bothered me. A pastor friend mentioned that there was a new microphone coming out. I went online and found it and it is basically a necklace microphone. And so it just attaches there. It sits around your your neck, just looks like you have on a uh, choker kind of microphone, picks up audio, audio is is just as good as as from everything I'm hearing as the countryman. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It is so much less of a distraction while I'm teaching. I don't even realize that I have it on. It just sits right here in my shirt, right here about your Adam's apple is where it rests and it works great. It is called, I found it at B&H Photo. It ran about 749 bucks. It's called a DPA microphone. It's the D secret necklace microphone. Uh, the D, the letter D, uh, Screet necklace microphone. Anyways, check it out. Call, call B&H for the DPA necklace microphone. You can get it to match your belt pack of your system that you have. All right, let's jump into today's topic. Um, uh, the first of the year, I was uh, took over the, the leadership of our local uh, pastors network. And um, in uh, a couple months ago, we had a gathering of 34 local churches and we did a leadership roundtable. And what you're about to hear is the session that I shared uh, at this leadership roundtable. And it was, it's called The Net, The Power of the Church. Not Rock Family Church or your church, but the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think it'll really cast some vision on connecting with other pastors, um, connecting with other church leaders. Something we do as a church every single Sunday is at the end of our worship set, our worship pastor prays out the, uh, uh, the, the service time, and then every Sunday pops up on our side screens the, a photo and of a pastor, his name, and the name of that church. And every Sunday morning, we pray for a different local church in our community. Why do we do that? Because we want our church members to know the vision is bigger than us. We want to defeat competition and, and, and our church versus their church. And when you get people praying for other churches, it does something supernatural in, in our hearts and in their hearts. And so this is a message of unity, a message of what we can accomplish as a church. And I encourage you to, uh, it's just 15 minutes, just encourage you to check it out and uh, we'll see you guys next month. I uh, hope you enjoy this, this set. 
I want to talk to you about the power of the church. Jesus called us to be fishers of men, and I'm standing in front of some of Colorado Springs' highest, best, professional fishers of men and women. You are the elite of the city. You learn to fish uh, better than uh, most believers in the community. You've made your livelihood by going to fishing tournaments and learning how to fish and fishing conferences and learning how to fish better. And we've poured our lives in to being fishers of men. But this is what I believe. I believe that the church is the most effective fishing tool and fishing net that God ever created. That we, the church, not Rock Family Church, not First Pres, not uh, Mountain Springs, we, the Church of Colorado Springs, formulate one team. And our heart and our passion is to cast this net across our city and and catch as many lost, dying fish as we possibly can to make a difference in our city that we hope that 10 years from now that our city is different because of our fishing efforts, that there's, there's, there's churches that are, are continuing to grow and to explode. Jesus said, if a house is divided, it cannot stand. And the web of the net is an indication of each of our roles, that each of us as our churches, pastors, ministers, youth pastors, children's leaders, pastors, worship pastors, singles pastors, associate pastors, executive pastors, and all the assistant staff and everybody in between, that we formulate together to create one powerful team. And one powerful net. And so I want us to look at Luke chapter 5 through the eyes of a fisherman and through the eyes of being a pastor and a minister and a church and the leader. And I'm not going to take time to read the whole passage because you pretty much the highlight is this. Jesus used Simon's boat to, to teach his message. He said, they're done teaching. He says, hey, uh, press out to the, push out to the deep let down your net. Peter says, we've already done it, master. We've toiled all night. There are no fish. Jesus said, let down your net. They let down their net. Their nets began to be so full that the nets began to break and they called for signal for their partners, shouted for their partners. They come and they fill up both boats so full that they begin to sink and they're amazed and shocked at what happened. What can we learn if you're taking notes this morning? What can we learn from fishing lessons by Jesus? Number one, our greatest catch may be just around the corner from our worst fishing expedition. I don't know about you, but, but my 8.30 service, the early service, sinners don't get up to come to church early. But I have committed that I'm going to give an invitation to accept Christ at all of our services every weekend. And once I change my mindset, instead of going, oh, here's the net, if you want to get saved, raise your hand. When I changed my attitude and I went into the first service, the early service, and said, I'm ready to go fishing, and and maybe I had gone weeks on end and no one had responded to the invitation. When I changed my mindset and I said, I'm going fishing, I'm going to catch a fish, I'm going to stay here until I get a fish. Do you know what? People started to get born again in the early service. There were sinners there. I just wasn't pulling them in. 
I wasn't pulling them into the boat and bringing them to Christ. And many times we can get frustrated and tired in ministry and saying, we've always done it, we've done it, we haven't seen any good results. Just know your best catch. Your church could be overflowing next Sunday. Why does it have to be Easter Sunday? Why couldn't it be next week? Secondly, there's more than enough fish in the sea for all of us. There's no shortage of fish. But yet, I'm not talking about this group of pastors, but other pastors in other cities wrestle with this. All too often as church leaders, it becomes easy to shift from shift to being a trader of fish versus sticking with fishing. And we stand on the shores and we trade fish, and I'll trade your fish, and you take you give me your fish, and I'll give you some of my fish. And there are some that I'm I'm happy when they go to your church. I bless them and send them your way. (laughs) But here's the power of church. The power of church is when each of us launch into the deep of our neighborhoods and launch into the deep of our schools and launch into the deep of our community to find those. And so I think we need to redefine a church when Um, we get a new family, we we get a new individual, we're like, oh, new family, yay. We should ask the question, where did you come from? And when they say, oh, I came from, and they name one of our churches, we say, well, we're, we're glad to have you. And I love what Pastor Brady's always asked me. He said, did they, did they leave well? I'll call him and I'll say, hey, someone's coming to your church, Brady, and, 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 and they're coming. And he always asks, did they leave well? Because he knows this. If they didn't leave my church well, it's only a matter of time before they're going to leave his church. Right. But I love that, that communication. And I love how Rick Warren says, we've only merely reshuffled the deck if we're just swapping members. Let's cast out into the deep. Thirdly, as partners in ministry, we can achieve more together than alone. I love it that they shouted for their partners. Their nets were beginning to break. And they realized that together, the power of church is together we can do more and we can accomplish more. Together, to have 34 churches in one city come together for a half a day to learn, to grow, to pray, to invest, to fellowship. I'm telling you what, it's unseen and it's a miracle. And you guys are part of what God is doing in our city and in our community. Number four, broken nets, broken relationships hinder our results. It says in Matthew 4, 21, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. It's important. Why do we have the merge? And I know the youth pastors get together. There's a worship pastor connection. I don't know the names. I don't mean any disrespect. Why do we do those things? We do those things because it's building our nets stronger. That when we are repairing the nets and we're praying for one another and we're connecting with one another and we're fellowshipping with one another, who else is going to understand that after preaching three services on Easter Sunday, I'm standing in the lobby, I'm hungry, I'm tired, and a member walks in and is demanding their tithe check back right now. Their wife sent them. Because of a disgruntled situation in the early service. Only other pastor goes, that's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Only other pastor can go, 
Oh, dude, I feel your pain. I know what you're going through. You know, and, 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 but we live a unique life. And we can, when we can share life together and we can do life together, I look back and, and, and Pastor Jeff Anderson, we've been, we've been developing a friendship for the last number of years. And, and I can go and I can sit down with Jeff and I can say, life sucks. And I can say, I'm not doing good. And Pastor Daniel and I have, have been meeting monthly and, and we're connecting and we get done with a coffee or a lunch and we put it on our calendar for the next time. And, and we're intent because I come away stronger. My net is repaired when I can download with friends in the ministry. But you have to be intentional to repair those nets. We do the merge as a, the vision of the merge that Kelly launched. It's a launching pad for relationships to go beyond where we're at. Well, let's wrap it up. How do we build a better net? Number one, we esteem one another as partners, not predators. We're partners. We're partners all wearing the same, we're on the same team, wearing the same jersey, playing for the same coach, and we're striving to, to defeat the same opponent. What would happen if we blocked, defended, passed the ball to one another, recognizing that when you win, I win. When I win, you win. When your church gets a new building, gets a new bus, I celebrate with you because I know there's buildings and buses and whatever we need. And by the way, I have a bus if you need one. It's a paperweight right now. Number two, the greater our unity, the greater our catch. The power of the church is this, the more tightly knit we are as a community of churches and leaders, the greater our catch of lost people coming home to Father God. And thirdly, we share the burden to keep from breaking or sinking. The burden began to be so big that the nets were going to break if they didn't call for help, if they didn't shout to their partners. And to me, when we establish ourselves as partners of faith, partners in ministry, partners of the, of the big church, the capital C church, when we establish that we're partners, it's people that we can be real with. And when you're going through a hard time or you get a bad doctor's report or maybe one of your kids is, is off doing something crazy and you can't, you can't, you, I, I can't, I, I just, I, can't, I don't want my kids to be embarrassed to come back. Who do I talk to? You need to be able to have several pastor friends on speed dial, several worship pastors, worship people on speed dial that you can say, I'm not doing well. Can I have a half hour coffee talk? Can you pray for me to, to say, can we, where else, what person in your church can you go, man, Kim's really hacked at me right now. <laughs> you know, texting Daniel, Daniel, pray for me. Kim's, 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 I, I, I've goofed up here and, and she didn't like the way I handled that. I could do that. But that only comes through the relationships that we've been hearing talked about. And, and, and we have to model that and we have to lead that initially. And that here at the merge, one of the things that was on my heart to, to put out is, is our kind of merge code of honor was this, that we commit to be a safe harbor of confidentiality so all can be transparent and vulnerable. And we can't, we got to stop saying as Brady's peeling off of Brady's message that we're too busy. I'm too busy to make friends. I'm too busy to go to lunch. I'm too busy to grab a Starbucks with a friend. I'm telling you, the merge 
when, when Thomas said, would you be interested? I said, I would love to because the merge is a highlight of my time. I love fellowshipping with pastors. I love connecting. And you say, well, you've, you've, you've never called me to have a coffee or a lunch. My cell number's everywhere. I haven't heard from you. People say to me, could I go to lunch with you? I said, I eat lunch every day. I don't miss a lunch. I would love to fellowship. I would love to connect and build that community together. And last, how do we, how do we, what is the power of church? The power of church is this. We dare to dream what we can accomplish together. We dare to dream what could we accomplish together. We're going to do this again next year. We're going to continue to have merge events. We're going to continue to, to celebrate and, and participate in Cause I Love You. We're going to get continue to build community among pastors and ministers and youth pastors and leaders. Why? Because we're building a stronger net. And my prayer, my heart, I don't know about you guys. I know most of you would fall in the same boat. This, this is it. This is my last game. I am not going anywhere. There's not another offer that can entertain me. This is my last rodeo, and I am riding this horse till somebody makes me get off. And my heart bleeds for this city, and my heart and my passion is this. What could happen in the next five years, the next ten years, that Colorado Springs could come together as leaders and churches so united with one voice, with one purpose, with one mindset, that we become a model city, and people are like, look what they're doing there. Like, they, 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 like they, their members leave someone and they realize that, that they don't live in their circular community. And so they're recommending them to get involved in another church at another place in another, in another part of the community. The power of one church. What if we were to break the mold and become the most unified group of churches and leaders that any city has ever seen? What could happen if we laid down our differences and focused on our likeness? What could happen if we recognized our competition is the world and not one another? What could happen if the church of Colorado Springs was fishing with a net free from holes and tears? How much more effective could we be? What would happen if we truly celebrated one another's victories and, 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 and defeats? Uh, we walked through those defeats with one another in those difficult times. What could happen if we were knit and bound ourselves together in love and friendship and gave the enemy no room for strife or jealousy, division or competition? What could happen? What could happen if the Church of Colorado Springs said, thank you, Mr. Government. We appreciate what you're attempting to do to help humanity and to help the poor, but it's time that the church becomes the church and the church deals with the poor. What could happen if there's over 400 churches in the city, if we as each church said, in 2018, we each are going to adopt one family, one homeless person, and we're going to get them in an apartment, we're going to coach them, we're going to mentor them, we're going to lead them to a place of diversity and strength and getting them back. And every year we knocked out 400 homeless households, families, and got them in households and a functioning part of our society. What could happen if we each church adopted an elementary, junior high, or high school or college and said, we're going to impact them. Let's dream what the church can be. Let's dream what the church can do. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, 
visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.